This is George Connor of the Chicago Bears. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. Week two of the NFL season is over. The Chicago Bears have a one-on-one record after a somewhat controversial win against the Denver Broncos, a team that they should have easily won against, but a win is a win nonetheless, so I guess I'm happy. Uh, This week is with Martin Plant. Martin Plant is one of the people that I am incredibly grateful that I met because I do this show. I met Martin about seven, eight years ago in Washington, D.C., doing some gigs. He is a comedian, and he is currently based in Kansas City, He's originally from the United Kingdom. He is a Chicago Bears fan. It's very odd. So, we talk about that. We talk about Sunday's uh, almost loss. To me, it's the exact reason why I'm doing this show. It's to keep in touch with people like Martin to make this football world a little bit smaller while we discuss things that are probably very bad for the soul. So, without further ado, here's Martin Plant and I on week two of the Chicago Bears 2019 NFL season. How long have you been in Kansas City? Man, now this will be year number six, I think. Six years. Yeah. That's a long time. It is a very long time. Why are you... How about you, man? Are you still still in the old uh, Columbia district? I am in the district of Columbia, and I still have a Chicago phone number, and you still have a Washington, D.C. number. I know. We're fun, complicated people, aren't we? So why are you... I know why I'm in D.C. Why are you in Kansas City? Uh, it's cheap to live. It's actually a remarkably cool town. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. And I'm equidistant from everywhere, which is nice for travel. But you're still a Bears so, fan. I'm still a Bears fan. I had a rule when I was a kid. My dad always said that the first game you ever go to. So what was your first Bears game? Um, it was Bears Colt. And, and you I, were living in Chicago at the time? No, I was in Chicago doing doing a week of uh, shows I do in a weekend. Who were you doing shows with? I don't remember. <laughs> so, Some who did you I go didn't to the keep game? in touch with following that. Who did you go to the game uh, with? I, I don't remember. I honestly don't know. But you don't, you don't remember who you were with, but you remember you had a good time? Uh, I remember they lost. <laughs> and I remember, it was, I remember they lost and it was cold. What uh, year was this? Oh, oh eight, oh nine, maybe? Okay, so you're past the you're past the mid aughts run at the Super Bowl. It, they're not bad yet. They're occasionally making the playoffs. What made you enjoy the Chicago Bears over a decade ago? Who said I enjoyed the Chicago Bears a dececade <laughs> ago? I said there was a rule that's my dad fair. had when I was a kid. So the first game that you go to, that's your team. You gotta pick one. Like so if you whatever your first game is, whoever you go and see, you gotta pick one of those teams. And if you've never been to the thing, that's your that's your team. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think we were still in the Rex Grossman days. Oh, yeah. At that point, and we were not. Well, th- there were those years where Kyle Orton could do something, and there was always the chance of a wild card berth. Like, they weren't horrible. You had no faith in him. He was going to capitulate at some point. You knew if it came down to it, it wasn't going to go well. If it was some clutch two-minute down-by-three drive, it's going to get picked or it's going to be a three-and-out. You know what I mean? There was no... Absolutely. But you also had Lance Briggs and Brian Urlacher, and the defense was just as good as the defense now, and those defenses won a lot of games that the team shouldn't have won otherwise. Well, absolutely. Case in point, though, I mean, look, it was the 2015 Super Bowl, the Broncos, when they won. That game was all pure defense. Mm -hmm. Like, defense was terrible. Peyton Manning couldn't get anything going, but they won that for him. Okay. I was going to say, defenses have always been like a bear's strong. It's a thing we had in the 80s. It's a thing we had throughout 
to the 90s, nearly thousands. And now we're actually like Khalil Mack. We're actually solidly respectable decent again. So you're using the pronoun we, even though when you didn't become a Bears fan until the Rex Grossman era, you're referring to the 80s Bears defense as we. What, you're not, you were barely alive during that period. And I'm, That's I, true. I was, I, yeah, 85. You are correct. Yeah, so you, 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 you did not grow up watching the Chicago Bears, I'm assuming. I, I did not, no. Okay, so how old were you when you got into football? So let's see what I'd have been, 20, 23? That's yeah, 23. pretty late. Pretty late. I've also never played for them. You know what I mean? I also wasn't around in the Lamar days and things. I wasn't, uh, you know, I've never been an offensive lineman. But I thought it was one of those, it's colloquial, isn't it? It becomes a, a we. You adhere yourself to a thing. I completely agree. I mean, that's maybe the reason why I'm watching again. So I, I didn't watch for nearly a decade because of CTE reasons and institutional racism and sexism and homophobia, all the stuff, you know, all the basic stuff. And the only thing that's really changed in the past year for me is uh, for the first time since I was watching, all of the players know the risk, finally. Uh, if you are now, if you're Mitch, Mitch grew up knowing the risks and the damages of CTE when he started to play high school football. So he knew from the start. For, so for some reason, that part of it makes me feel somewhat okay. Did any part of you feel conflicted in your fandom of the NFL? Right. Here's the thing. The NFL as an entity, you're right, it's pretty terrible. Mm -hmm. And it's covered up a lot of things for a very long time. And those things, uh, God, I mean, we could literally talk for six hours sure. about how, uh, you know, everything from the just mass amounts of physical violence and domestic abuse that it started out with, or, or it seems to be the most prevalent thing, how that's incredibly linked to concussions and how nearly everybody who's ever sustained massive concussions gets violent tendencies, flashbacks, you know, all these different strains of things. It's, it's kind of one of those things where it, it boils down not to a, can you separate it, you know, from, can you separate the actions and the game from the actions of individuals? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Same with like, do you still like Michael Jackson if you found out he did what he did? But one thing I will say that's nice about being a Bears fan is for the longest time, as far as I've really known, the Bears have kept their nose clean. The last person I can think of that really had any issue was Brandon Marshall. Mm -hmm. And his whole path was he got a lot of help. He admitted he had like a, a mental illness. He took medicine. You know what I mean? He, mm -hmm. he at least tried to atone and it did give you the impression at least that it was a real condition he had it wasn't you know he went to counseling and said he was fine and then did it again six months later it wasn't you know a thing like that it's difficult because like you say i live in kansas city and so the chiefs are doing well they've got a fantastic team patrick mahomes is a superhuman being um but the last two seasons with them they've been plagued with all these physical violence sexual abuse child beating things and all their stars have been through the ringer of this and they you know, get traded away. And the strangest part to me was, um, I think it's Kareem Hunt, who was the running back for them, who was phenomenal last year. Um, domestic abuse, they called him TMZ, as they always do, had footage of him beating up some woman in a hotel room lobby that he said he didn't do. And so the Chiefs let him go because that's what you have to do now. If somebody does that sort of stuff, you have to dissociate. You have to cut your ties and let him go and, you know, send him off into the wilderness. But then the problem is, I think the Cleveland Browns picked him up. And there's no real punishment. He'll sit out for about a year. Maybe he loses pay. But then 
another team gets a $50 million a year running back just because they don't morally care about what he's done. You know, it's a very strange thing where the money, the money just rules all. It's a very difficult thing to kind of make your peace with. Do you think that we're rationalizing it because we know the damage that's going to happen to these men that we're like, well, I don't like that this man is getting paid millions of dollars, but at least he'll die sooner. Or like, is is there some <laughs> sort of trade-off where that's how we're rationalizing this? I think. I mean, the money, the money, the money makes sense because you're not going to have a 20-year career as an NFL player. You know what I mean? It's it's a short-lived thing. So the the money that they get paid, it's it's still obscene, but it does at least make sense. You know, mm-hmm. if you make. $150 million in five years, that might be your entire career. Money is the sign of it. But, I mean, it's Chris Rock always had a really good bit where he had the difference between uh, being rich and being wealthy. Mm-hmm. And he used to say that Shaquille O'Neal was rich, but the guy who signs his checks is wealthy. And that really is what it boils down to, because it's not the players themselves. It's the giant machines, the billion-dollar companies that are each individual team and then collectively the NFL as a whole. Like, it has... I mean, you know, any town you go to, any town that has a football team, they've jerseys out the window, sure. like seats every week. So it's kind of one of the things like we're at like the very, very bottom of the the smidgiest bit of grass of a totem pole. Sure. We know what we get told and what we get told is probably very heavily filtered. All the things that do come out now have made it through about 20 different cracks. I don't know about You know that. what I mean? No, I, I disagree. And I think social media has made it better. And I think that things like TMZ actually has made it better. I mean, if, if TMZ didn't exist, Ray Rice would make... Okay, Ray Rice at this point would have aged out, but he wouldn't have missed that time. Uh, and 20 years ago, he could have got away with that. You know what I mean? I, I think that the technology is caught up where you can't really get away with nearly... You definitely can't get away with nearly as much, if anything at all. And you're right on the social media part because it doesn't, it doesn't like you say, it's, it's a pretty immediate thing. Somebody mm-hmm. uploads it to Twitter. You, again, I, I just don't know. And that's my acknowledgement is that I don't know on that. You know what I mean? That's sure. things that happened in the public where it was caught on public access. That's not things that happen behind closed doors. That's not happened that, you know, that's I don't true. know if the wife or the girlfriend of a player goes and tells the coach, hey, he hit me or, you know, he did this, that or the other. And then they go, all right, how much money to make this go away? Or they just kind of squash it down or they just. You know what I mean? I don't know how many things are dealt with in-house. You're talking about a very specific, which I agree with, which Mm -hmm. is things caught in public on public cameras. Or you know what I mean? Somebody grabs their phone. Again, I'm just saying I think there's so many more parts to it in an average team. There's probably so many things that you and I never even hear about. But we hear about the big ones and we hear about the easy ones. Absolutely. You you said average team in one context, and I'm going to take it to another one. Uh, are the Bears an average team right now, or are they actually good? Um, based on the, these two games, honestly, average. And that sucks to say because I had really high hopes mm-hmm. coming in this year. Defensively, we look good again. Um, we finally have a kicker. Um, I don't think Eddie Pinheiro is going to ever have to pay for a drink in the city of Chicago as long as he ever lives based on just last week alone. But as long as he stays solid and healthy, that's a thing that for years has plagued us in everything from losing in the playoffs oh, last year. Hold on. To, Hold on. I disagree completely on this because there's been two kickers. Uh, Eddie's great. Eddie Pinheiro. Are you considering buying an Eddie Pinheiro jersey, number one? (laughs) Robbie. Robbie Gold was like the only bright spot on a Bears team for almost a decade. Correct. So, no, the Bears have actually had good kickers. And the double doink, 
Okay, I have this new theory, and it's based completely on the last few minutes of this Bears game and a lot of other games that are close. The NFL is the most refereed game. The NFL is the most refereed league, more so than the NBA or Major League Baseball or MLS mm-hmm. or anything. Is, is it fair to say that, that uh, penalties could determine the outcome of a game? Oh, completely. Great. Completely. I mean, one guy did that game yesterday. I forget his name. Is it Bowers or Bowers? Number 72 for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. He had like five separate holding penalties. I mean, he gave up 50 yards by himself. And like they were clutch penalties. And also the end of that game, like you say, I mean, the end of that game was ridiculous. Well, like on. it's almost silly, Oh, to be honest. This game was silly, but it's one of those games where like neither team deserved to win. Okay, so we're on the same page. Like, neither team looked yeah, good. Yeah, like, I mean, offensively, we looked terrible. Yeah. We, well, like, no, the, defense minute I, 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 the defense looked good. Like you said, the defense looked good. And yeah. even the, the one Broncos touchdown, like, you could or you could say that that shouldn't have been a touchdown. Fair. Yeah, but, I mean, there was always – and also, too, like, we're picking them in the end zone. The only reason there wasn't more points on the board to start out with because the one play before that, the one drive before that, we picked them. You know, we intercepted it pretty much on the one. Well, that's because so Flacco they were going backfield. Like we didn't, we didn't really have an answer for him at that point. The last quarter of that game, the Broncos had kind of figured it out. It took them three quarters to do it, but they were moving down the field. They were going seventy, eighty yards per drive, both drives. You know. Yeah, but you still have Joe Flacco at quarterback. Oh yeah, and you still have Joe Flacco at quarterback. I mean, the Broncos aren't an offensively strong team. You no, know what I mean? Not. We went. With the teams we're going to go up against this season that are far, far superior in nearly every way offensively. And then that asks the question of also, you know, what, what that's going to become. But you're right. The only reason that that game was as close as it was was just pure, pure defense. And, but, and the calls at the end of the game. Like, if you could strip away every single penalty that happened from the last three minutes, you might have the same outcome. The Broncos might have won with it clearly. I, I don't know. It's it's fair to say that unless you're going to win by eight, sorry, by nine points or more, you don't necessarily have a definitive victory in the NFL in 2019 because one call could change everything, and it's kind of your fault if you lose. It's the same reason Hillary Clinton won the popular vote, but she lost the electoral college. Like you need to win in every single quarter in every single way, or else a win is actually a loss. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, okay. and also too, like it's 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 getting. It's almost getting silly just how how refereed it is. I mean, it's a it's a game where grown men who are big and strong and fast have to run at each other and stop each other with a ball that's probably about, you know, a foot. Mm-hmm. You've got a one-foot window to accurately hit the ball. The rest are going to hit the man. That's kind of how it works. That's the, the pretext of the game. But now, I mean, there's so many different things for, like, like it's it's minor calls, but they have huge implications. You know what I mean? Holding is a first down every time. You you nudge a guy accidentally. It's pass interference. That's wherever the spot is. There's so many half the distance to goal penalties. But the end of that game was so strange because you had Denver going for two points mm-hmm. and then getting a penalty. It going to be in seven yards out, deciding to kick the field, getting a stumbled offside that gives them for some reason half the distance to go, which is back at the one again. And then going for it and making the two. You know, it's, it's, it's just weird. It's like the same reason, truthfully, like I've never liked 
basketball. Basketball's never really been a thing I've managed to get into. And the reason I don't like basketball is the last minute of a close basketball game is just shoving and free throw. You're not actively trying to win the game by being better. You're trying to foul the other guys, hope they miss a free throw, and that means you get a chance to do it. They've cut down on that dramatically. That, that's pretty much over. Okay. Yeah. The, that they, shows how much I watch basketball. But. The last finals were fucking fantastic, and there weren't really any calls that took a team out of the game, unlike like just this week in football. Like, you could argue, there's a solid argument to be made that the Broncos got fucked by the refs because that pass interference call, or sorry, that roughing the passer call with like 40 or 30 seconds left was not at all that. Um, you could say that the Saints got fucked by the refs yet again when they were playing the Rams uh, for that uh, called back uh, fumble, which looked like mm-hmm. an incomplete pass. Every single week, you can say that the refs took blank out of the game, and you cannot say that in any other sport. Both thought... And I think most football fans thought that the Bears were actually going to be good this year. Um, mm-hmm. Not good with an asterisk. And I was considering after yesterday with like 30 seconds left, I was like, am I, why am I doing this? Why am I getting back into this? Because it's barely fun when they're good. And you've had way more years when they're not good. So what kept you watching? Because that's, I mean, that's just a loyalty thing, isn't it? It's, it's a very base instinct of, my village versus your village. It's mm-hmm. a thing that's kind of predominantly existed in our psyches for forever. It's the same reason anytime England play America in any sport, I'll watch it. You know what I mean? It's just like a fun little rivalry thing to have with your friends. Who's your um, soccer club? But Stoke City. Stoke they City. are abysmally terrible this year. They are rooted to the bottom of the table. I believe they have one point from seven games. They are making a skill out of losing. But I still keep an eye on them. I still, you know, check out they're doing. I still make sure, you know, what's going on. And even though they're god-awful right now, it's that's still your team. You know, that's it's one of those things. It's why people don't like Patriots fans. It's why people don't like Yankees fans. That whole fair weather, like, I'll just pick a winning team. When I think some statistic is like 87% of people who are self-confessed New York Yankees fans have never been to Yankee Stadium. Because it's one of those the world's teams kind of thing. You know, they have cool baseball caps, so everybody's a Yankees fan. Well, yeah, but like just choosing to not be a Yankees fan is not necessarily a good idea. Hell, like I understand why Patriots fans are Patriots fans. Like, why wouldn't you want to be a winner? I am from Chicago. I know why I root for the Bears. Just because you happen to go to a Bears game first, like in in your twenties, and you're a Bears fan, to me is almost mind boggling. (laughs) How so? There was not one reason to be a Bears fan other than you happened to be there. You didn't live there, so it's not like all of your peers were talking about it. You didn't grow up with it. There wasn't anyone even, like, fun on the team at the time, if I'm thinking of it right here. Like, I'm assuming Matt Forte was the running back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, was, it Devin, was it Devin Hester still? I think Devin Hester was still going, too, and doing the insane, yeah. insane kick returns. But you missed the, like, two years where, like, he ran back, like, 16. You you were, like, at the tail end of it. Like, his batting rate mm-hmm. might have been, like, 99. But they, they fi- that's, like, when they would move the, the kickoff line to make it a little bit more difficult for Devin Hester and a little less mm-hmm. uh, frenetic. Or, sorry, not frenetic. That's not what that word means at all. But a little less uh, damaging <laughs> to the players. You missed out on all the good stuff. That you, yes, you had Erlocker. Like, that's about it. And Erlocker was good, but he wasn't, like, a fun player to watch. So like why? Like I still don't understand it. Like I 
I part of me is glad I'm a fan. Part of me hates myself because I know I'm talking on both sides of my mouth, and I think I'm only doing this because I have a son now, and I feel like I want him to have a thing, but I don't even know if I want him to have this thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, have the thing, but don't let him play the thing. Is I think the modern consensus on it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Give him the life lessons that these people aren't great, and you, you want to remember what your address is in thirty years, so don't play the game. But, but why? Then why am I watching it? It, it? Aren't I a hypocrite? No, I mean, that's a question for you, my friend. I mean, I... <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Like, it's, it's anything, man. It's, it's pineapple on a pizza. You choose to do it or you don't, or you have a strong feeling on it or you don't. And it's a, it's a thing you grew up with. I mean, you're doing the moralistically right thing by getting away from it for a little bit. If you're just like, I don't really want to buy in, I don't want to pay for going on with this thing. And like I say, I think had the Bears had more players with more severe issues, I would have had a harder time. I mean, you're still going to pull for them, but I would have had a hard time like watching it and investing money in it because I would have thought, well, why the hell would I want to, you know what I mean? Why would I want to chip in to what I know is going on over there? And I think that really did have a big difference with me in, in sticking with it, especially through the last maybe five years or so, because like uh, my partner is a Chiefs fan. Yeah, and she's pretty much given up on them because it's that thing where it's very hard to want to go spend your money and root for a team. You know what I mean? When oh, yeah. they're kind of turning out to be monsters, it's not easy to you know stick with that. So you kind of tail off a little bit. You kind of you know, all right, well, you can't make a team sign better players. You can't have a team get rid of a guy. You're you're relying on the organization that you happenstance of random to be you know involved in. Because the same difference in the same way that you say to me. You know, how the hell is a Bears fan? It's like, how do you end up meeting your wife? How do you end up conceiving your son? Like, there's everything in life is just weird little decisions. And it's the tiny, insignificant-seeming ones that seem to shape parts of where you go than the bigger ones. The bigger ones turn out usually to be fairly cut and dry. The tiny ones where you're like, oh, one night I decided to go to this bar I've never been to with the night I met my wife and so on and so on. Yeah. Let's talk about bars for a second. Do you have a Bears bar? No. You don't? The you have- place that I go is a spit and sawdust place in town that I've been going ever since I moved here. And basically no one there cares about sports, but they have a pull-down projector. And so anytime I ever want to watch a game and it's on, like Thursday night, they, the Bears game uh, against Green Bay. That's mm-hmm. where I went. They pulled down the projector for me because they don't care and they stick it on. And then I can watch, you know, a 60-foot Bears game sitting in the middle of Kansas City because they're, they're a cool place. But Do they have I don't the, have, have like... Do you have any Bears friends in Kansas City? No. Although there is the fun crossover where I think every four years, maybe five, we play each other. And so that's actually fun. Like I'm sure that's a blast. Game. Yeah, I went to the game, I think it was like four years ago. And we won, like the Bears won last second. It was Cutler to, I want to say it was like Matt Forte. And it was like a last second, last gap throw into the end zone. I think it's a good game. And at the end of it, we all shook hands. We said good game. We went out in the parking lot and we kept getting drunk. Um yeah. I love, I love, love, love the tailgating aspect of it, and I've never had a problem with other football fans. And uh, I, I'm in D.C. Clearly, way more of a national city than Kansas City. Like you, you could find a bar for every team, everywhere. Mm-hmm. And as you know, not many people are actually from here, even though they get really mad when you say that, even though it's the truth. So correct. What doesn't make any sense to me are the like super loyal Redskins fans who put everything into the Redskins basket and they kind of ignore all of the other sports. At least in Chicago, 
there's a pretty equal distribution of coverage and respect and care for every single team. So if the Hawks are doing mm-hmm. great and everyone else is shit in the bed, great. If the Cubs are doing great, let's watch them. And the best thing mm-hmm. that happened to the Cubs last year after their early exit from the playoffs was the Bears, for the first time in a very long time, were doing well. So I know that you can't speak to this because you're in Kansas City and hell, you don't even have all the four major sports. If the Bears lost yesterday, how would it have affected your week? I hate to say this, but like I'm a grown adult man, I would have gone, oh, well, that sucks. And then I probably would have gotten on with everything. You know, I mean, there are diehards in, in everything, but I mean, no matter what sport it is, any sport that I've ever watched, it's a game. You know what I mean? I didn't take part in it. Like I, I didn't blow a call. I didn't throw it wide when I should have, you know, tucked it inside. It's, it's a game. I, I watch it and I get invested in it while I'm in the middle of it. And I hope they do well and I want them to do well. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm not going to kick the cat halfway across the room or, like, you know, call somebody an asshole just because I didn't get an outcome I wanted in a game that I didn't take part in, you know? I think that's very adult of you, and I don't think you're the majority. <laughs> I don't think I am either. Like I say, I mean, as silly as I sound, like I, like I said to you, I, I, I went to the uh, Bears-Chiefs game about four years ago, and I went in my Bears jersey because, you know, pull for your guys. And because we won in the last, like, dying seconds of it, um, the walk through the parking lot was just a mixture of being completely left alone and then very angry middle-aged men who wanted to yell at me and try and fight me for some reason. So, like, I, I get it. Like, there's, there's definitely the dynamic, but that's, that's the real unhealthy part to anything is when, when something becomes your whole life, unless it's like a nobility thing, like unless you dedicate your life to, you know, eradicating HIV or making sure no child ever goes hungry. You're, you're, you're kind of a one dimensional character. And a lot of people who really invest their entire life, this sports team, like sports, is the opiate of the masses. I don't know what you do about that, but that's like a human psychology problem. You know what I mean? If you started a team tomorrow called the Chicago Tiddlywinks that played God knows what, like, you'd have a fan base immediately. You just make a big deal of it, and somebody goes, oh, a new sport I can follow. You know what I mean? You, you, you'd sell tickets. It's the fact that no matter what you do in any town, like, somebody's going somebody's gonna to invest in your ideas. Somebody's going to want some reason to belong. And it's a tribal thing of wanting to find a place to belong. And I think that's what happens a lot with football, is people identify as their football team. I'm not a bear. I'm a fan of the Chicago Bears, and I want the Chicago Bears to do well, but I'm not a bear. If somebody says the Bears suck, I'll go, all right, that's your opinion. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, not going to get into a fist fight in a random place because somebody wronged, you know, the ethos of a team that I happen to support, which could be any team, 